0: Matthew chapter number 16 and we'll go there in the word of God and I'm here to tell you that for 42 years we've opened this same Bible and preached from it and it's worked this long and it'll keep working amen thank God for the Bible Matthew 16, verse number 13, if you will, the 13th chapter, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 16, if you do not have a Bible near you, you look on with someone or we'll make those scriptures available for you so that everybody can know that what I'm saying is from the Bible. Don't go to a church where the preacher doesn't want you to check him out. Men can lie, Amen. But God does not lie. So we preach from the Bible and trust that God will speak to hearts. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom do ye say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. shall be loosed in heaven. Let the church say amen. Amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. And fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. Hide me behind the cross of Christ. I pray, God, that you will take the word of God. Serve it on the table of the hearts of everyone in the building, those listening in online. Let you do a work like only you can. Bind the devil, keep him from interfering. And may the Lord have his way in this place. We love you and we bless you. Thank you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing Our text tells us that Jesus is entering Caesarea Philippi, the borders of the land of Canaan, northward, about as upward as you could go. My mind makes me wonder if he didn't come there to get a little bit of a respite. He had been chased down by crowds everywhere he went. How many you know Jesus knew how to attract a crowd? In John chapter 6, he attracted a crowd just the way you and I attract them. He gave them food. How many know when you feed people, they show up? He gave them a meal. Meals bring people together. And then after he gave them a meal in John chapter 6, he gave them a message. Could I tell you, just as much as meals bring people together, messages seem to thin them out. And so the Lord that had a meal to bring them together gave a message that thinned them out. And he said, I am the bread of life. Y'all ate that bread and y'all, y'all were full, but you're going to get hungry again. He said, you eat of this bread, you shall never hunger. You drink of this water, you shall never thirst. He wanted them to know that this bread that you gave is going to perish, but I am the bread of life. How many of you today are glad that the day you met Jesus, he gave you something that will never allow you to be hungry again? So Jesus knew how to draw a crowd and how to thin it out. In Caesarea Philippi, he has stepped away from the crowds and gathered with his disciples. It's important for us to understand that the gathering of the 12 disciples when Jesus Christ was on planet earth was not just a get together of guys that had nothing to do. It was not just an assembly of some rejects that could not be successful any other place. This group of men was made up of guys, some that were fishermen, another one that was a tax collector. I mean, these were guys that had gone around, been successful in their endeavor. And yet in the middle of doing what they thought they were supposed to do for the rest of their lives, a man walked up to them and made this statement, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. How many of the day are glad for the day Jesus called you? Amen. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. They dropped their nets. Matthew left his seat of custom and he went and followed Jesus Christ and for the next three and a half years, these fellows would follow behind Jesus and watch him do what no other man did. Listen to me. In all their years of fishing, in all Matthew's years, sitting at that tax collector's seat, in all those years of being there near Jerusalem and walking by the Sea of Galilee, they had never seen a man do like this man did. This man would walk up to a leper, touch him and he would be cleansed. He would spit into clay and put it on a blind man's eyes and he would see. This man would take a demon possessed man cast the demons and send them into the swine and a naked man put his clothes on a crazy man was in his right mind and a wild man was sitting at the feet of Jesus. This man would calm a storm this man would take five loaves, two fish and feed five thousand men beside women and children. This man would forgive debtors of their sins. This man man would take water and turn it into wine. This man would take a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She touched the hem of his garment, and in the moment she touched him, she would be healed. This man would then take someone whose daughter was 12 years old and lay in the bed and call her back to life. This man would walk up to a grave where Lazarus had been dead for four days and say, Lazarus, come forth. And that man got up in his grave clothes and was alive again. Listen to me. They had met men. They had seen leaders. They had been around greatness. They had seen power. They had seen splendor. They'd been acquainted with religion. But when they they met this man, they had never met anybody like him. And now he's headed to the cross. He didn't come to earth to put on a show. He didn't come to earth to get fans. He didn't come to earth to get followers. He didn't come to earth to get an image. He didn't come to earth to sign scrolls. He came to earth to seek and save that which was lost. And from the moment he was born in Bethlehem until the moment he breathed his last breath on the cross of Calvary, there was one thing on his mind, hanging and bleeding and suffered for the sins of mankind, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you ever forget this about Jesus. He wasn't scared of the cross. He didn't avoid the cross. He didn't hide from the cross. He didn't run from the cross. He came to die and die he did. But he would develop these three men. And he would develop them in a way that no one else could. And after he died on the cross, he would ascend to heaven where he is today making intercession for us. How many of you know that the Bible said one day he's coming again? I wish somebody say amen. How many of you would be glad if the trumpet sounded today? Some of you say, what about chicken? Ain't no chicken down here, better than what you gonna eat up there, listen to me. I can't wait through the day for the trumpet's going listen, we're living in a crazy world. Somebody help me preach this morning. You turn on, you watch the news for too long, you'll get depressed. And some of you thinking, we need a new president. And some of you said that the last time, listen to me. Ain't nobody gonna get in the Oval Office that's gonna fix your problems. Ain't no Republican Party, no Democratic Party, no Independent Party going to fix your problem. Listen to me. There's not a man with all of his answers that's going to solve man's heart problem. There's nobody that's going to legislate a way for a sinner man to get to a holy God. There's not a political party that's going to put enough money in your bank to buy your way into heaven. There's not enough education, not enough legislation. There's not enough that the health department can come up with to cure your sin, sick soul. But I know a man who came and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again. His name ain't Muhammad. His name ain't Buddha. His name ain't the Pope. His name ain't a priest. His name ain't a preacher. His name ain't Moses or Joshua. His name is Jesus. This man is who we preach about. So this man is looking at these 12 that he'll spend three and a half years with. And in just a little bit he's going to leave. And he's going to leave them with a job to do. But in the middle of one of the last few speeches he has with these 12 men, he makes this statement. I will build my church. Let me say it again. Matter of fact, say it with me. Come on, talk to me. I will build my church. Say it again. I will. Will build my church. Now listen to me. It's important if we're going to understand the statement to understand what he meant by the church. When Jesus said, "I will build my church," he wasn't talking about brick and mortar. Somebody help me preach. When Jesus said, "I will build my church," he wasn't talking about crown molding and carpet. When Jesus said, "I will build my church," he wasn't talking about paint and 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 drywall. When he said, "I will build my church," he wasn't talking about pews and a pulpit. When he said, "I will build my church," he wasn't talking about asphalt and sidewalks. When he said, I will build my church, he wasn't talking about screens and instruments. When he said, I will build my church, he was talking about an assembly of believers. He was talking about a gathering of people, not just any kind of people. He was talking about saved people. Somebody help me preach. People who've been washed in the blood, who've invited him into their life, who've been baptized into the body of believers, and who are gathering together, not to play bingo, not to play uno, not to play spades, not to play cards, not to play the lottery, but who are gathered together for one reason, to get the message of Jesus. Jesus all around the world. Now I want to tell you why I'm talking about this today because 42 years ago a-, a local church was planted in northern Virginia. It has become to be known the Crossroads Baptist Church. Can you say that name with me? Crossroads We're not here today because we're special. We don't expect you to think this is the greatest church in the world. We think it is. But, you know, we're all biased. We all think we got the greatest kids, the greatest parents, the greatest wife, the greatest husband. And you ought to think that. Listen to me. It may not be the greatest church in the world to you, but I'll tell you what it is. It's God's church. Watch this now. Jesus said, I will build, watch this now, my church. Everybody say, my church. Listen to me. He said, I will build my church. And he said, said, I'll build my church. This called out assembly. Ekklesia it is in the Greek. Called out assembly, baptized believers gathered together to reach a lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. There are all kinds of organizations on planet earth that are operating and they're not bad organizations and we're not saying to get rid of them. We're not saying that they're crazy. I'm just telling you that the church is not an organization. It is an organism. It is alive. It is active. It is vibrant. It is vital. It is real. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you why I'm glad today as a man that I am, I'm glad today that I'm a Affiliated that I'm a part of, that I'm a member of, that I pastor, that I serve in, that I'm raising my kids in, that I got married in, that I found my wife in, that I built my convictions. I'm glad that I'm a part of a local church. Here's why I am, because I'm glad I'm a part of the Crossroads Baptist Church for this reason. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot going on in the world that proposes and contends to fix our lives, but the hope for America and the hope for the world is in the local New Testament church and I'm glad Jesus is building the church. Now today, let me give you quick thoughts and then it's chicken time. You can't get around Baptist without eating that Baptist bird, amen. I will build my church. Notice if you would, first of all, I want us to move quickly if we could. Notice the popular consensus. The popular consensus. Now he comes into Caesarea Philippi and he looks at those disciples. Remember the disciples were his church. He started his church with these 12 and then after he left the 12 grew and it went to 120 and and 3,000 and 5,000. Here we are today Crossroads Baptist Church. I'm trying to tell you folks we didn't get here because a group of people just decided to get together and have singing and have no no no. We got here because Jesus said I will build my come on talk to me. I will build Build my... So the popular consensus, notice the instigated contemplation that Jesus gives. He comes up to those fellows and says, whom do men say that I am? It's almost like he's looking at the fellows and saying, hey, fellas, I'm down here to build the church, but what's the word on the streets? What's the word on the street? You te- Tell me what what's the name in them been saying I am. But look, look when you, when he, It was almost like he would come to come here today and say, hey, fellas, when you go to the barbershop, who do they say that I am? Hey, ladies, when you go to the shopping mall, who do they? When you get on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and everything else, wh- whom do men say that I am? He's instigating content. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's important in 2023 that you and I don't get lost in the sauce. It's important that we don't let the world fool us on who Jesus is. He says, whom do men say that I am? Notice the ill-advised commentary. Here's what the, the disciples told him. The word was on the streets. He says, well, some say uh, John the Baptist. Others say Elias. Others say Jeremiah. and Others are, are, are one of the prophets. Listen, when I think about John the Baptist, I think about a resembling contemporary. John the Baptist was, was, a, was a man that preached around the time Jesus preached. And he was a good preacher. Listen, he was the cousin of Jesus. He preached the right message. But well, listen to me. Just because you're a good preacher, you're related to Jesus, and you're preaching the right message, that don't make you Jesus. Somebody help me preach. S- somebody said, well, 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 maybe, maybe he's, uh, he's a Elias. That's Elijah. Remember, Elijah called down fire from heaven. Pretty good. To, do Anybody else ever call down fire from heaven in the Bible? No. So, so they said, well, maybe he's not a resembling, maybe he's a resurrected character. Maybe Elijah that was alive in the Old Testament came back alive in the New Testament, and that's who Jesus Well, somebody said, well, Jeremiah. Well, that's a reasonable contention. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. He was burdened for Israel. He had a big heart. Well, Jesus has a big heart. And then they said, or maybe one of the prophets. That's what I call a relegated creation. Listen, it doesn't matter if you compliment Jesus by calling him John the Baptist, if you speak highly of him by calling him Elijah, if you speak nicely about him by calling him Jeremiah, or you call him one of the prophets, at the end of the day, calling the son of man just a man is bringing him down to the level of man and frankly, he ain't just a man. Did anybody hear me? Listen to me. Calling the son of man just a man is bringing him down to the level of man and although he was a man, he wasn't just a man. He says, whom do men say? You know what the problem is in America? today we live in a country that has in God we trust on our money people say they trust God but they don't even know who Jesus listen to me you can't know God if you don't know Jesus you can't be related to God if you ain't related to Jesus you can't get to God unless you go through Jesus and I'm discouraged today in America that we've got so many religions and so many zealots and so many preachers that are saying Jesus is just a good person He's just a healer. He's just a religious leader. And it's a shame that in America, we've labeled him a hippie. We've made him like somebody else. We've put him in the same boat as some Confucius or or some priest or some mama or some Mary. Listen to me. Jesus says... Whom do men say that I am? And by the way, there's still a popular consensus. It's sad today, but most people sing about him. They put his name on their bodies. They got necklaces with him around their neck, and they still don't know who he is. Notice the proper comp- confession. Then he looks at the fellas and say, well, well, I know what the word is on the street. Well, whom do you say that I am? I know what everybody's saying. Hey, listen, you can't live life well if you're going to say what everybody else is saying. Whom do ye say that I am? There was a direct interrogation. In other words, Jesus expects those of us that are in the church to know better than those in the world. Whom do ye say the direct interrogation? No, notice the definite, definitive indication. Peter said, I, I'll tell you. And by the way, we criticize Peter because Peter spoke up when nobody was talking to him. He got out the boat when nobody else did. He tried to chop somebody's head off when he should. Listen, he talked when he should have been quiet. He fought when he should have been still. He sat down when he should have been running. He ran when he should have sat down. And we criticize him. Look at Peter sinking in the water. Listen, you can knock people for sinking in the water, but listen, you better give them credit for getting out the boat, huh? Listen, and I'll tell you this. Is one time Peter didn't sink. Peter didn't do the wrong thing. This one time Peter hit a home run. He says, some of them call you Elijah. Some of them call you John the Baptist. Some of you call some of them call you Jeremiah. And some of them call you other prophet. But I'll tell you, I know who you are. You are the Christ. Amen. And listen, when Jesus said the Christ, he meant Messiah. That means he's the expected seed. You know what the Messiah is? He's the promised one. Way back in the Old Testament, Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. He shall be called Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know what Peter was saying? Hey, everybody are look, looking around for their Savior. Look, 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 Jesus, we're not looking for our Savior, we're looking at our Savior. He, he said, He's the Christ. Watch this now. He's not only the expected seed, He's the eternal Son. He's the Son of the living God. Now, watch this now. In verse number 13, He said, Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? In other words, what am I? I'm a human being, fellas. But you know when Peter said, "You're the Son of Man," but you know what he said in this verse? You're the Son of God. In other words, you were born 33 and a half years ago on the human side. But listen to me: you always have been. Hey, listen to me! Aren't you glad that Jesus wasn't created? He was the Creator. Don't you let the world tell you Jesus started living in a manger. Listen to me: in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the expected See. He's the Eternal Son, and He's got equal status, These fellows knew that Jesus was equal with God. They knew that you couldn't separate God and Jesus. And there are cults and religions and liars and shysters that will tell you that Jesus wasn't God. Here's what I want to tickle your mind with just a moment. If he wasn't God, how did he forgive sin when he said, "Thy sins be forgiven thee"? If he wasn't God, how did he walk through a door when it was dead bolted? If he wasn't God, how did he turn water into wine? If he wasn't God, how did he say, "I and my Father are one"? If he wasn't God, how was he born of a virgin? Have you ever heard of anybody born of a virgin? It doesn't happen unless God decides to get in the womb of a virgin. If he wasn't God, how did he uh, make himself equal with God? If he wasn't God, how did he speak up when nobody else did? If he wasn't God, how did he go into the presence of the Holy of Holies and give his blood? If he wasn't God, how did he live without sin? If he wasn't God, how did he, ladies and gentlemen, do the creation? Colossians chapter 1. If he wasn't God, how was he in the beginning with God? If he wasn't God, why did God call him God? Hebrews chapter 1. If he wasn't God, why does the Bible call him God? Titus chapter 2. I'm just trying to tell you, he ain't the big daddy upstairs He ain't the butler you ring the bell for when you're thirsty. He ain't a prefix to your cuss word. He ain't just somebody you call when you stomp your toe in the middle of the night. He ain't just somebody you tattoo on your body. I'm here to tell you, he's just as much God as the Father, just as much God as the Spirit, just as much God as God has always been. And I'm glad that when the world gets it twisted, we know he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looked at Peter and said, flesh and blood gave this to you." you. You ain't learned this from college, divine illumination. You, you didn't learn this from schools, listen. You didn't learn this from human beings. You learned this from God. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to learn who Jesus is from the world. You got to learn Jesus, who Jesus is from the word. Wow. Notice Sterling, the permanent construction. He said, you're Peter. You're Peter. Look at verse 18. And I say unto you, the one who just said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art Peter. If you're taking notes today, the name Peter means a little stone or pebble. So he looks at Peter after Peter said, Dr. the Christ, the Son, of living God. You know what he's saying? Good job, Peter. Good answer. But let me tell you something, Peter. Just because you got the right answer doesn't mean I can build the church on you. Because you know why, Peter? Peter, you just a little pebble. You're a significant person. You're a small person, small person. But then he looked at Peter and said, you are Peter. But then he said, upon this rock. If I'd have been there, I'd have loved to see Jesus do it something like this. Hey, hey, you just a little stone or a pebble but I'm a big-time rock. I'd like to watch him say, you just a little pebble, but I'm the rock. Hey, let me tell you something. Aren't you glad that the church is made up of a bunch of little pebbles, but it ain't built on none of them pebbles? It's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that you can be a pebble in the church, but God don't have to be? Listen to me. Thank God the pastor Crossroads Baptist Church, but Crossroads Baptist Church ain't built on me because if it was, it would crumble because all people will crumble. But aren't you glad that the church has been built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ? And then he says, he says it's a secure position, a secure position, a significant proclamation. I am the rock. But then notice the supernatural protection. And the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. Anybody listening today? For Jesus to say the gates of hell won't prevail against it. You know what he was telling us? The church is under attack. Come on, I'm almost done. I said the church is, you don't have to be protected if you don't have no enemies. Some, some of you say, well, well, I don't want to get too deep into the church because, you know, it's a lot of people don't like the church. And, and you know, when you start getting spiritualist and you lose a lot of friends. Let, let, let me tell you something. The next time you get worried about doing right, remember what Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. He didn't say the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the, the government. He didn't say the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against these big-time corporations. And how many of us have seen big-time corporations you used to think never would go out of business? They all shut down. Listen to me. Some, some, some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all, remember, you, some of you say, used to shop at Sears. You can't hardly find no Sears no more, all right? And, and, and listen to me. We look at them restaurants. Remember the restaurants up the road? Uh-uh. Uh, what we used to do? Uh, steak in a sack, uh, uh, black eyed pea, all of them. We used to go up to get us some good food. He said, well, I'm going to eat these forever. Listen to me. You can't find You can find a steak in a sack in Maryland. You got to get, about get shot to eat there. But anyway, uh, uh, sometimes you, sometimes you just got to settle for steak and cheese up here, you know, and, and live to talk about it. Listen, listen, listen. I'm saying the best businesses, the best newspapers. Listen, the best regimes. How many we've seen dynasties? Dynasties, like, like, you know, like like Dallas Cowboys. I mean, all kinds of dynasties that that win Super Bowls on and on and on and on. Great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, the greatest of all, like Michael Jordan. We think they're like LeBron James. Seems like he ain't gonna never ever get old. Serena Williams gonna beat everybody. She ain't playing no more. Listen to me. The greatest of these will fall, but Jesus looked at them fellas and said, y'all get yoked up with something at the gates of hell shall never prevail against the evil, the wickedness, the vileness, the sin, the corruption, the immorality, the idolatry, the Racism, the hatred, the bigotry, the isolation, the murder, the profanity, the same sex marriage, abortion, homosexuality, the transgender movement, the lies, the heresy, the fallacy, the confusion, religion, secularism, humanism, Mormonism, postmodernism, atheism, agnosticism, relativism, pantheism, Satanism, Catholicism, narcissism, feminism, uh, Hinduism, Confucianism, Islam, demons, devils, witches, warlocks, religion, all that mess that's attacking the church. But Jesus looked at those 12 and said, come what they may the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church never so when you decide whether or not you want to stick with this thing you better get in partnership with something that ain't going down now let me give you the last thought and i'm finished he said i give you a popular consensus that's what everybody thinks I want to hear your proper confession. That's what you know. I want to tell you there's going to be a permanent construction. This this, this church ain't going nowhere. As a matter of fact, we get to heaven, we're not going to stop being a church. We're going to be an actually perfect church. So the church ain't going nowhere. It's going. It's going on. You can fall out of church, but the church ain't going to fall out. Now he gives a powerful commission. I want you to listen to Jesus talking to these 12. After he told them, guess what? I'm building something that hell can't shut down. Then he looked at those disciples and said, Guess what? Here are the keys. Here are the keys. Here are the keys. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is an exchange remedy. He said, The answer to all that hell is trying to do to the world. I'm handing it to you. I'll give you an empowered responsibility. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Wow. And I'll give you an extraordinary reality. If it's not bound, you didn't bind it. If it's not loosed, you didn't lose it. Now, now there, there's some, some little wacky theologians will tell you, you know, you know, Peter is the one that started the church and God gave him special keys and he was a, he was a special person because God started it with, with him because God handed him the key. Hey, let me tell you something. Peter don't have no different keys than you and I have. Here's what he's saying. You take me and you give me to somebody. And guess what? When you give me to somebody, you lose them. Hey, can, can I ask you a question? Who in your life? Yeah, yeah. I know. Sister, Sister Janet pays her phone bill. Amen. Praise. 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 Praise the Praise the Yeah. I called you out. Somebody buying that woman. <laughs> somebody put the keys and lock her phone. Here's the reality that I have to have in my mind. Whether somebody's soul is free is on me. Let me ask you a question. Did you use your keys this week? You talk about everything. Football season back, right? Y'all know what I'm doing at 8 o'clock tonight. Don't call me and ask me no Bible question at 820 tonight. <laughs> pastor, i missed the third point in your message. Well, you know what? You missed it. <laughs> Used to have a man come over to church and come over my house and watch the game. He'd bring his wife, and she'd be sitting there while we were watching the game. She'd flip through the Bible and ask me every question about the Bible. I said, the Cowboys are playing right now. I am not your pastor. I'm on vacation for about three and a half hours. <laughs> and if they lose, I'm going to need three more hours. <laughs> I come upstairs and my wife said, I don't even have to ask you if they won. I can look at your face. <clears throat> All over the world today, football starts. People are going to wrap their team. They can put on the jersey. I'm going to put on jersey, pants, socks, and slippers. Say, you believe in luck? No, but if it's real, I'm going to try to work it tonight. (laughs) But no football team ever saved anybody's life. We have the keys. And for 42 years, Crossroads Baptist Church has tried to use those keys to loose the captives and to bind them for Christ's sake. May God help us. We are not a part of a country club. This is God's church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Our Father, thank you. Heads bowed eyes closed, no one looking around. How many say, Pastor? I'm 100% sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I'm 100% for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up? God bless you. Now, if you're saved, then you know it. If you're saved, then you know it. How many say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I want to do my job as a part of God's church to make sure that those that are lost get loosed and the gates of hell won't prevail against the church but I don't want anybody to die and go to hell God's spoken to you as a member of church today would you put your hand up all over the building God bless you God bless you then let me ask you one more question How many say, Pastor, I'm not 100% sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I'm not 100% sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Would you raise your hand and let me see it? I just want to pray for you. Anybody like that? Preacher, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. Yes, God bless you, man. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hey, listen. We have the keys today. It's not about authority that we have. It's about the fact that Jesus has given us a message the authority to tell it all over the building Christian would you pray in your seat we'll not have a come forward invitation but Christian how faithful are you to the church I'm not talking about the building I'm talking about the organism because if people's souls are going to get loosed on planet earth it's church business church business we ought to get busy do a better job by God's grace why don't you pray quietly where you are for God to do a work? oh God give us 42 more years of loosing captives of arresting people with the gospel that's why we're here and we have the guarantee that the gates of hell the devil can't shut the church down so when you get plugged in get faithful be in our place because he's coming soon and anything that's not loosed and bound before he comes will be lost So on us God help us We ask these things, Lord, that you will move. In Jesus' name, amen. I beg your patience.